Welcome to Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. Now here's your host, Dr. Katrina Forseth, a missionary serving as state director of CEF of Illinois. Hi, and thanks for listening to Telling Future Generations. Have you ever felt like you were going three steps forward and then suddenly found yourself taking four steps back? Just when you thought you were making spiritual progress or everything was starting to click, something happened, perhaps incrementally or suddenly, something slipped in your heart and life and you found yourself going several steps backwards or even falling face down. If you had that experience in your walk with the Lord, you understand what happened to King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Recently on the radio program we looked at in 2 Chronicles 17 how God raised up King Jehoshaphat to prepare his nation, the kingdom of Judah, for spiritual revival by preparing his own heart to seek the Lord, preparing his heart to walk in the ways of the Lord, and then by preparing the people's hearts throughout all the land of Judah to know and to hear the word of the Lord. The revival that took place under King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 17 wasn't some happy kumbaya spiritual moment of singing songs or clasping hands. It was a revival of the heart turned towards the Lord, a revival of repentant hands cleansed by the Lord, and a revival that filtered down to the people who hungered and longed to hear the word of the Lord. The Bible tells us the result of this heaven-sent spiritual revival under the leadership of King Jehoshaphat brought great spiritual rest to the people and physical rest from their enemies all around. But oftentimes with great rest, there comes a great tendency for spiritual lapse or even great temptation, and such was the case with King Jehoshaphat. In Second Chronicles 18, verse 11, we read these subtle but shocking words that says, Now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance and joined affinity with Ahab. What? Why was godly King Jehoshaphat shaking and joining hands in affinity with wicked King Ahab? This is the same Ahab in the northern kingdom who married evil Queen Jezebel, who without even blinking murdered and stole from their own people like Naboth's vineyard. And Ahab, he was just okay with it. This is the same Ahab who disliked and disavowed the Lord's prophets like Elijah, or even went along with his wife Jezebel in persecuting or killing the true prophets of the Lord. How could King Jehoshaphat, who had just led his people in a great spiritual repentance and revival, suddenly switch to having a go-along and get-along attitude with wicked King Ahab? How could this be? Whether this was some signed peace treaty, as some theologians believe, or an alignment with King Ahab through an arranged marriage, King Jehoshaphat, with one fell swoop, undid all that he had done, stood for and fought against, and took one giant spiritual step back. But just as it was with King Jehoshaphat, so it often is with us. When we are in the midst of making poor spiritual decisions or doing spiritual U-turns in our life, things often have to get worse before we as the Lord's people wake up and realize what we have done and how far we have stepped away from our Lord. As the story unfolds in Second Chronicles 18, King Jehoshaphat, through his entangling alliance, found himself in the middle of a war agreeing to go up with King Ahab against the Syrians at Ramoth-Gilead. The problem was that King Jehoshaphat in the eyes of the Lord was fighting on the wrong side. God had already ordained to use 400 false prophets to lie to King Ahab to persuade him to go out to battle because it would be there at Ramoth Gilead that God determined to judge wicked King Ahab so that he would fall in battle and his reign of evil would be no more. Only one true prophet of the Lord, Micah, stood before both kings and told the truth what would befall that day. 
King Ahab, as usual, he refused to listen to God's prophet and even had Micah jailed. But in the heat of the battle with the Syrians, King Jehoshaphat, he came to his senses, repented, and reversed course. It was only when King Jehoshaphat was surrounded by the enemy who thought they were targeting the king of Israel, King Ahab, instead of him, that the Bible records that Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord and the Lord helped him. I don't know about you, but those few words recorded in scripture of King Jehoshaphat crying out to the Lord and the Lord helped him in the very midst of the battle, it's such an encouragement to me. You see, God knows exactly where we're at when we start misstepping or even deliberately stepping away from the Lord and are landing ourselves in a whole heap of trouble. But even then, God is only one cry for help and a whisper of a prayer way. Recently, I was talking to a friend who shared with me a situation that happened to her long ago, right in the very moment that she realized her mistake of giving in to daring pride, literally in the middle of the air as she was falling down, she cried out to the Lord for help and God spared her life. As God's people, we will make mistakes. We'll have bad judgment and get caught up in worldly ways and succumb to peer pressure. But even then, our God is greater over every sin and pride. Our God is gracious and he is just one call for help away as we repent and turn back to him even in the midst of the battle. That day, wicked King Ahab, he did fall in battle, just as Micah the prophet had said. King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, he returned from the battle, but not in celebration, but in a repentant heart, prepared to hear the word of the Lord unto him again. Even before King Jehoshaphat apparently unbuckled his battle gear that day, God sent another prophet, the prophet Jehu, out to meet the king of Judah as he came home with these sober words. In Second Chronicles 19, Jehu's words are recorded to the humble king saying, King Jehoshaphat, why should you help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore, wrath, trouble has come upon thee from before the Lord. Nevertheless, there are good things found in you and that you have taken away the groves out of the land and have prepared your heart to seek God. King Jehoshaphat had definitely taken some major steps backward, but praise God, the prophet Jehu, through his words of admonishment and correction, reminded King Jehoshaphat of God's three-step path forward to return back to him. First, prepare your heart to seek the Lord. Second, prepare your heart to walk in the ways of the Lord. And third, let your heart that is turned back towards the Lord and repent and revival, then flow out to others and help people's hearts to hear and know the word of the Lord again. And that is exactly the path forward that King Jehoshaphat pursued again that's recorded for us in Second Chronicles 19. Unlike Jehoshaphat's father, King Asa, when he was rebuked of the Lord's prophet for turning away backward, King Jehoshaphat not only received God's word to him through God's sent prophet and repentance, but also King Jehoshaphat, he received it with a revived spiritual zeal for himself and for the people to know and to walk in the ways of the Lord again. Second Chronicles 19 verse 4 is actually one of my favorite verses found in this account because it reveals Jehoshaphat's revived heart for God through God's work of repentance in his heart, all by God's redeeming grace. Verse 4 says, And Jehoshaphat dwelled at Jerusalem, and he went out again through the people, or out among the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim, and brought them back unto the Lord God of their fathers. This is nothing less than a picture of a leader, a shepherd going out among his people in the midst of his people and pointing them and bringing them back, not to himself, but to the Lord. Well, what's going on here? King Jehoshaphat understood that his actions for good or for evil or by walking towards God or by walking away from God had a direct action reaction as a leader of his people. 
I remember like it was yesterday when I was 16 years old, I got in trouble with my parents for not exercising good judgment in a certain situation at youth group. I remember to this day my mom and dad walking straight up to me in our home's hallway and saying, Katrina, what you do or don't do affects others. You're a spiritual leader, so act like it. When King Jehoshaphat was preparing his heart to seek the Lord and preparing his heart to walk in the ways of the Lord, it motivated and moved the people's hearts to do the same. But when King Jehoshaphat was slipping and sliding, turning back or not heeding the word of the Lord or his sent prophets, it caused the people to wander away from God's word and from following the Lord. God went hard after King Jehoshaphat, not only because he was the king of Judah, but also because God wanted the heart of both the king and the heart of the people to know the Lord God and to walk in his ways. God went after King Jehoshaphat and turned him back around. So in the same way, King Jehoshaphat, he went hard after the people to turn them around and bring them back to the Lord their God again. The rest of the chapter in 2 Chronicles 19 records that King Jehoshaphat went further in a spiritual revival this time and set up prince-type judges and Levite priestly orders of rulers in the land to make judgment among the people and for the people, both in moral legal matters of the king and in spiritual matters before the Lord. King Jehoshaphat knew that the people needed to be taught and guided not by his word or by his kingly decrees, but ultimately by the established law and the word of the Lord. Jehoshaphat also knew that the key to long-term revival is that the people and the nation as a whole needed not only to hear and know God's word, but to understand how to live out God's word in their daily lives. Jehoshaphat's final charge to these newly appointed leaders, rulers, and judges in the land was direct. King Jehoshaphat said, Take heed what you do, for you judge not for man, but for the Lord, who is with you in the judgment. Deal courageously, and the Lord shall be with the good. When I read this account from Second Chronicles seventeen nineteen, my heart was thinking about our country, and it just breaks, because how we need a heaven-sent revival of repentance and spiritual renewal across our land today. We need both a top-down revival of governing leaders, rulers, and officials, and of righteous ruling judges who fear the Lord and not man. We also need God-fearing Levite-type shepherds in our churches who feed God's people God's word and also teach God's people how to walk in the ways of the Lord. But even though a top-down revival is important and necessary, it also must at the same time come from the bottom up, as God's people in whole, not in part, long to hear and know God's word and to walk in his ways. The truth is, there is no repentance or long-lasting spiritual revival apart from God's people turning back to him, back to the Lord by preparing their heart to seek the Lord, by preparing their hearts to walk in the ways of the Lord, and ultimately by preparing their heart to hear and know the word of the Lord out of a gracious, humbled response to God's word. Personally, I'm learning to love God's word in whole, not just in part, including the books of First and Second Chronicles, because the more I read them, the more these how-to manuals, they speak of national spiritual revivals and great awakenings. What is even more interesting is how one revival in Second Chronicles builds upon and then spills over into another, even greater revival that encompasses not only the king and the leaders, teachers of the land, but also all the people, men, women, children, those big and small. Apparently, according to this account, all that had transpired in Second Chronicles 17 through 19 was just a prelude to the coming happenings, the greater revival that was recorded in Second Chronicles 20 to what Paul Harvey, the famous radio broadcaster, would often call the rest of the story. 
What was God doing here? God was preparing his people through repentance and spiritual revival, through a growing knowledge of God's word and God's ways, so that in the midst of the battle, and when the upcoming threat of war would come that would shake God's people to the core, the king and all the Lord's people in the land would not turn away from the Lord or go backwards, but instead step forward and fall in utter dependence upon the Lord God and in his word alone. Just as God was preparing his people back then for the upcoming battle, so I believe God is preparing his people, his bride right now for the upcoming battles yet today. Stop going backwards. Repent and follow God's three-fold path to step forward. Prepare your heart to seek the Lord, to walk in all of his ways, and to hear and know the word of the Lord. And remember, when the battle comes and in the midst of the battle, even if we fall down or fall flat down on our face, God knows exactly where his people are and the state of the nation. God hears the cries of his people, and the Lord God is only one cry for help away. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again next week as we continue the count of Second Chronicles for the rest of the story. Thank you for joining us today for Telling Future Generations, the radio ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship of Illinois. To learn how you can partner with Child Evangelism Fellowship to reach children in your community, please call 309-688-9699 or visit cefofillinois.com. Please join us again next week at the same time for Telling Future Generations.